Modern smartphones are sleek and thin, but they're also fragile and expensive. If you're really careful, you may use it until you're ready to upgrade without shattering the glass. But if you look around, you'll see most phones wrapped in a case for protection. Our personal data is even more valuable than the device it's stored on, and it deserves just as much protection. The work that I do requires me to travel a lot, which means I'm frequently to connect, connected to unfamiliar networks. Nefarious hackers can make up to $1,000 selling the data of each of their victims on the dark web, and there are cheap hardware and software tools readily available that let even a smart middle schooler snatch your data without you even noticing. A virtual private network, or VPN, like ExpressVPN, creates a secure, encrypted tunnel between your devices and the servers that you're transmitting data to and from. When you're, when you're sitting at the airport gate area, or airline lounge, or even your hotel room, those Wi-Fi networks aren't secure. Your bits are flying through the air, and whether you're checking your bank account balance, sending data to a client, or just checking your email, bad actors can snatch up your usernames, passwords, and everything else you send and receive if it's not encrypted. The layers of security used by ExpressVPN would take over a billion years to expose by bad guys with some of the most powerful supercomputers. ExpressVPN trusted server technology also runs each session in memory in a unique virtual space that is wiped clean as you end your session with none of your data ever written to a hard drive, so there's no residue for anyone to recover about what you were doing after the fact. ExpressVPN runs on almost all devices, including Windows, Mac, iOS, Linux, Android, streaming devices like Chromecast, Roku, Fire Stick, and Apple TV, and there's also a Chrome browser extension. It's super simple to use. Once you install ExpressVPN, it's one click to establish a secure encrypted tunnel with servers in 105 countries around the world. I've personally been paying for and using ExpressVPN for years on all of my personal devices. When I, started, when I first started using VPNs for work more than 20 years ago, they were often slow and unstable and had to be restarted frequently. But with ExpressVPN, data speeds are virtually unchanged from running fully exposed, so you can just turn the VPN on and leave it on. I often get materials from clients and companies that are, that are under embargo or NDA, and if it leaks out, I can get into some trouble. But even if I just wanted to reach back to my personal server to grab some files, check my email, or watch something that's only available on one of my streaming services at home while I'm out of the country, ExpressVPN lets me do it all securely. Your data is valuable. Don't let bad actors steal it and potentially misuse it. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash wheelbearings. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash wheelbearings. And you can get an extra three months free when you sign up. Expressvpn.com slash wheelbearings. And thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting wheelbearings. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on episode 245 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the VW GTI, the Kia Soul, the Range Rover Evoque, electric Corvettes, uh, the Dodge Hornet, and more. All that coming up next. Did you know you can support Wheel Bearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. 
Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. This is episode 245 of Wheel Bearings. I'm Sam with Buell Salmon from Guidehouse Insights. I am Nicole Wakeland, and I'm going to mention my new podcast, Fast Women, which is on Newsweek. Nothing better Ooh. than Fast Women. Exactly. Fast Women. <laughs> fast Women. <laughs> is it like a guitar whale after the... No, it's it's not quite that guitar. You know, maybe you should need to record something where there's a guitar whale for us. <laughs> Really aggressive entry music or intro music. And I'm Roberto Baldwin from a bunch of bands who's going to do a guitar well for Nicole's new uh, podcast. Awesome. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's see. Robbie, uh, you were hanging out on the beach last week. So uh, what were you driving? So last week, I, I, okay, getting a rental car, of course, is still a little (laughs) creepy crazy it's not as bad as it was but you know you're still like a little like oh what am i gonna get but when i signed up uh through avis it's like oh do you want a kia soul or similar I'm like well yeah i do want a kia soul or similar <laughs> <laughs> because and then i ended up i got there and as soon as i landed you can get on the app and you can make sure you can like lock in your car um and i got the kia soul i got a little black you know 2022 kia soul you know okay. car rental spec um and I wanted the Kia Soul because, A, the Kia Soul is exactly what it needs to be as that car. It doesn't it's, – it's not trying to be, like, too crazy, but it, it also feels really nice for what it is. And you have a lot of – you put that back seat down. It's, it's essentially a box, and the <laughs> boxes are easy yeah. to store things in, which is why when we move, we move with boxes, not with, like, triangles or ovals. You stick everything in a box. It's like a, te- it's like a moving Tetris puzzle. Yes. Yeah, it's like a moving Tetris puzzle. So I got the Kia Soul. Uh, it had wireless CarPlay. Again, r- r- car rental spec, which is just like, <laughs> you know, the cheapest one they can get. Right. And, it, you know, it only had one USB port. That was sort of its, it's sort of like, oh, oh no. Oh, horror. One USB port. Only oh. one of us could charge our phones at a time, which was fine because most time I get off the, because I go swimming and sometimes I take my phone out and make a little video of the water for, no, no one wants to see video of water, by the way. Uh, but you do it anyway. Um, so you can't charge your phone. So I got the Kia Soul. I drove it around uh, the island of Kauai for a week, and it was absolutely marvelous. We could st- even with the back seats up, we could stick in our fins. We could stick in a, a tiny cooler, a couple bags. You know, we'd have to throw our backpacks in the back seat at some point, but it was great. And um, I got 35 miles per gallon over the course of the week. Which, Which considering is, gas was probably what about seven bucks a gallon in Hawaii? Uh, How much is you know, it there? That was okay. So that was surprising. Gas was less expensive in Hawaii <laughs> than it was in San Francisco. Oh, really? Anything has to do with like the taxes of you know oh. California uh, gasoline mm-hmm. taxes are pretty high. So I think Hawaii's gasoline taxes are probably lower, but also they have to ship everything, so it kind of brings it up. So it was five forty-five. For, for for a gallon of gas, which was essentially it was like five fifty one here. I think it's like five thirty now here, oh or something. Gosh. I don't know. I don't get a lot of gas because we have the EV. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always like, oh, what is gas cost? How much is a banana <laughs> in dollars? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, yeah. So we, and of course, also, so you get 35 miles per gallon. But the the sort of caveat is that no one speeds in Hawaii. Oh, no really? one's in a hurry. No one. Yeah, if it's 40, everyone's doing 40. Maybe, maybe 45. Like no one. There like, uh, And the top speed limit on Kauai is 50 miles an hour. Woohoo! That's it. That's the, and, and I got to 60 at one point. I was like, oh <gasps> you man, crazy man, you <laughs> out of control. Were you doing like driving down Waimea Canyon or something? No, no, we didn't even just just going uh, uh, between um, uh, Lahui, uh, not Lahui, uh, Princeville and Kapaa. Okay. And so we were just yeah, we were like oh, there's a part where you can do 50, and we were doing 60, and I was like oh, <gasps> it, was, it was madness, madness. Dangerous, so you're not, dangerous man. So you're not driving very fast, which means you're not losing using as much you know gas. And so the 35, if it had been on a freeway, of course it would have been lower. Um, and but no, I, the Kia Soul car rental. Everything you need, you, know, you have your phone, you, you, and it's great because especially when you're when you're when you're traveling, you don't want to learn a new navigation system, and most of them are still kind of crap, especially when it comes down to uh, rental specs. It's like you know the lowest of the lowest. So whatever navigation they have in there is navigation from like five or six years ago because they want you to upgrade to the next level. Blah blah right. blah. For, fortunately, the island of Hawaii, uh, Kauai, is only thirty miles wide and what twenty miles north to south, so it's kind of hard to get lost. <laughs> Yeah, there's only one, like, there's one main road. If you can find the one main road, you're like, all right, cool. Goes and wraps around the island from from one end of the Nepali coast to the other. Yeah, you're just like, all right, we're we're good, we're good. And in between, Uh, you have a dead volcano. In between, yeah, dead volcano. Um, So, yeah, no. So if if you are are going on a trip, um, I highly recommend when you are looking for, unless you have, like, a bunch of kids or you need a lot of room. Or you want a convertible, which, by the way, if you get a convertible in Hawaii, everyone knows you're a tourist. If you get a convertible or you get a Jeep. (laughs) Like, oh. (laughs) That's fair. I (sighs) hadn't thought about the Jeep thing, but yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. The Jeep thing is very much like, and people who own Jeeps in in Hawaii, they'll, like, do something to them so they don't look like a rental (laughs) car. But yeah, we we did a Jeep once. We went full like once. I was like, oh, we should. They were like, oh, we'll give you a Jeep for five dollars more a day. And I was like, all right. And this is before the refresh. And I absolutely wanted to, I wanted to drive that thing into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now nah, the new Jeeps are great, but the old Jeeps not so much. Um, anyway, Kia Soul rental, thirty five miles per gallon in Hawaii. If you, it's just you and two or three other people. It's plenty of room. And and you know if you're looking to buy a cheap car, assuming you can find one, you know the the soul. I mean, what you probably had was the LX trim. That's usually what you find in a rental fleet. That's the the most basic one, nineteen thousand two hundred ninety bucks. You know, and then probably about a thousand bucks for the uh, delivery charge. So you know twenty twenty grand, you know for all that stuff that you just described. For a good little car, it gets pretty good gas mileage. Yeah. The first time I drove the Soul is when I broke I broke my ankle. Uh, a couple of years ago, and so I couldn't drive. This that's the only car we had was the, either the BRZ or the Mini. I mean, it doesn't matter; they were manual transmission. Um, and I couldn't drive it because you know my ankle was broken, mm-hmm. and so I would have to hobble down the stairs in my apartment, down the street to the car share place, and they had a Kia Soul, and I was just like, ugh. And I got in it, and within three blocks, I'm all, this car is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the Kia Soul is that car that like it, it looks because it's so you know like you said it's giant box like this is going to be miserable this is going to be awful this is going to be and you're like this is kind of fun I sort of like this little thing yeah, <laughs> like, you know it's, it's not I mean it came out you know around the same time as the Scion XB and the, the Nissan Cube 
and both of those cars are long gone, no longer right. available. Yeah, you no. Know, this is the only cars. one that survived. You know, and, and I think it, it's because it does have that kind of funky attitude to it. You know, slightly different design. You know, I mean, it's still a box, but uh, you know, it's 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 kind of a cool looking box. I think I'm remembering right from they launched the most recent one in the presentation, and they talked about it how all the other little boxy cars are no longer of this world. And but then they talked about the design of this, and I want to say they compared it to like a warthog. I think they're like, yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> uh, a warthog. And it's like, huh? It is okay, kind of like a little warthog. Yeah, yeah, right. Can you see it now? Yeah. So I always it's think a, of that when I. It's think also the one that the hamsters stuff. drive around in. It's, yeah. They don't do the hamsters anymore, and I don't think yeah. they're ever going to bring back the hamsters. And I liked the hamsters. Everyone liked that. They're it's party like hamsters. It's like Mazda Zoom Zoom. Bring back Zoom Zoom. I liked that better. Yeah. Make the Zoom Zoom kid. He's like 35 now. He's like Zoom Zoom. Zoom Zoom, whatevs. <laughs> <laughs> Just heavy sigh. <laughs> okay. What about you, Nicole? Okay. So I had something I only had for a short time this week because I guess it's only up in my region for a little while. So I had like three days with this. But it was a fun three days. I had the 2022 Range Rover Evoque R Dynamic S. Because the more words you have to describe your car, the cooler it gets. Uh, and the more so you can charge is, for it. The more you can charge for it. Speaking of, so the base price on this is 46.3. I had a lot of extra bits and pieces. So it was 54.6. So it's a pretty significant amount of extra stuff. The most expensive of which, there is a blind spot assist pack that has blind spot assist, clear exit monitor, and a rear traffic monitor that was... Um, oh, no, wait, that's not the most expensive. Oh, no, sorry, most expensive. The panoramic, panoramic roof was $1,800. And this 20-inch wheels was $1,850. I don't think I would want the 20-inch wheels enough to pay nearly two grand for them. Do they no. look cool? Sure. Two grand cool? Really? Mm. Yeah, so those are the two and most you're just, And you're also you're losing, like, ride quality. And you just exactly. keep putting bigger and right. bigger wheels. But it, uh, to be fair, though, the ride quality in this actually was quite nice. Like, I was looking at all this yeah. and thinking, mm, this is not going to be great. But, you know, it's still a luxury car, you know. So it has, it, it, the ride quality is actually pretty good. I didn't do it through my usual, through the, the uh, tunnel coming from the airport. But I did happen to drive to Boston on their craptastic roads. And it handled it all very well. What I most noticed about it driving, though, is, you know, back and forth. It's like a probably 45-minute to an hour drive from downtown Boston. And... Despite this being like a little SUV crossover, I don't know, I'm going to call it SUV, being a small SUV and those not being known for being like really easy and smooth and wonderful to drive on a highway. I had to watch my speed because I'm just like flying along and all of a sudden I look down and think, oh, that is faster than I meant to be driving right now because it is just so smooth and easy and controlled to drive it that you don't realize you're going as fast as you're going. Um, which I guess bad thing because you could get a ticket, but good thing in that it just is that nice to drive. It's not super roomy. It's like there's definitely bigger Range Rovers that you can pick than this one, but I like this one. It has a two-liter turbocharged four-cylinder with 246 horsepower, 269 pound-feet of torque, and has a nine-speed automatic. It's got plenty of power. I mean, when you mash the gas on this, you're going to move. You're going to get out of your own way. It's easy to get it up to highway speeds. It handles really well. I... I really like this. I think the only thing, you know, took a little getting used to was the um, the controls. And once you get used to it, it was awesome. But the controls for the heat and for, yeah, they're these little round dials. But when you press them, they do other things. So think a round dial if you, you know, put your thumb and your finger together about that big. And it looks like it's just temperature and you turn it left, right, temp goes up, temp goes down. But then if you push it, it's also the air for the flow, like how fast is the fan on? And then you push the other side 
And now you've got your settings for like your snow, your mud and ruts, your, I always call it cactus mode because there's a cactus on, on Range Rover products, but it, it's a little, <coughs> it's like your sand mode, but it's cactus mode. Um, so it, it's neat, but it has a moment when you're first playing with controls, you're like, wasn't that a half a second ago, the temperature? And now it's my drive modes? What did I do? Because you accidentally pressed when you just meant to turn it. <laughs> so it takes a second for you. And then you think, oh, wait, no, these are just multifunctional things. Very cool. Um, I thought the infotainment screen, and I'm trying to find the size on it. And I can't find it glancing at this real quick. It's not, oh, t- uh, it says 10 inches, 10 inch with navigation, blah, blah, blah. So it's a 10 inch screen. The way it's positioned, it feels kind of small. I don't know if it's just the way it's set in the dashboard a little bit, but it feels on the small side, and it doesn't look as crisp as what you find on some cars in this price point. Like, it, it just felt... And I happened to use the navigation that was actually their navigation, not my, you know, Apple, you know, hey, Siri, take me here kind of navigation. And it wasn't great to follow. It's not very clear. It's not very crisp. I mean, it, sure, it's telling you the right way, but it just was not the best. In fact, there was a point where you're driving through the city and there's like an upper deck and a lower deck and they're slightly off center, but you know, it's, and the lower deck traffic was massively backed up. So all I see is this giant red line in this navigation. I could not figure out. I'm like, what am I missing? Should I be getting off the highway here? Because this looks like I'm going to be bogged down in traffic forever. It didn't, Give me enough detail to go, wait a minute, that's the lower deck, not the uh, one that I'm on. So I'm going to stay put and not go to surface streets because this is fine. If I was going into the city, it would be a mess. Some of them, you can tell the difference. Like they'll do a split, you know, even if it's like barely like a, a little split. bit. Yeah, like a tiny little bit. And you can see like, wait, the red is not actually my road. It's parallel or under or above my road. You can't tell on their screen. Now, to be fair, I don't often use the native navigation in cars because your phone does it so well but i do just to check it out and on this instance i was like yeah that navigation isn't as nice as i would like it to be and i think the screen something about the christmas it just didn't it didn't look the way i expected but as far as driving it and the smoothness and it feeling range rover you know that luxury but with a bit of ruggedness um it was really good the cup holders are too small there's my, I had giant iced coffees. I said, I said to the guy, I want the largest iced coffee you have. I swear to God, it was the big gulp of coffees. It was huge. I'm like, well, I'm awake for the rest of the day. But it, it wouldn't quite, it almost didn't fit in the cup holder. The cup holder's very tiny. It's, it's really designed for either a soda can or like it only can be one of those, those like to-go containers or to-go cups that has like the narrow bottom and the fat part up top oh yeah yeah if it's not really narrow like i I put it i'm like oh god i don't know if i can get that out of there now and i'm going to pull this out and it's going to squirt out the top and there's going to be coffee all over my sixty thousand dollar range rover and it's going to be a big trouble (laughs) so i barely i'm like okay not putting that back in there but i'm going to get it out but so i like it i mean i like it overall i think i think it looks cute on the outside i like how it's very coupe like styling and yet still when you open up the tailgate there's a good amount of room it's you know it's it it looks more squished in the back than it actually is when you go to put stuff in there. Yeah, to your, your comment about the 10 inch screen seeming yeah. kind of small, I think that I'm just looking at pictures of it. Mm-hmm. I suspect that's probably because it's a it's a wide screen display. Um, Maybe. You know, so it's, it- it's got a you know kind of a really wide aspect ratio, so it's not very tall. And yeah, it's very it feels very squished. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't I don't remember on the Evoke it the, the does the screen tip up. When you're using it, or is it just like because it? It's and, fixed in the dashboard. Okay. It just yeah. So it's 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 a kind of a an angle away from you. So when you're looking at yeah. it, you're not looking at it perpendicular to exactly. your line of sight. It's it's you know it looks like it's about a forty five degree angle, 
So right. that's going to make it look even smaller when you're looking at yeah. it. It looks shorter. Right. And, and that's what I said. Like, I know it's not small. Out. It says 10. It's not tiny. It's yeah. not like it's a five-inch screen. But the way it's positioned, it, it, it kind of feels like you're using a five- or six-inch screen. It feels like a much smaller screen than it is, even though I know, realistically, numbers don't lie in this case how big it is. But, yeah, the yeah. positioning of it is kind of weird. Well, then it's going to be also washed out because it's at such an angle. If you look at your phone... Like, if you look at it dead on, and then you kind of tilt it, I mean, it's just a little bit, but it starts to look a little, yeah. it'll probably start to look a little washed out, and I'm sure the, you know, the screen in your phone is probably nicer than the screen in the Rage Rover, so it's right. going to be even yeah. worse. And so yeah, it's a weird, so it's a weird decision, is what yeah, it is. And the, the yeah. Velar, which is the, the next size up <clears throat> from the Evoque, it's like in between the, the Evoque and the, the regular Range Rover, that one, I think the screen actually does tip up, so it's more vertical when you're yeah. using it, when you, when you turn it on. And, um, you know, so I think you, it looks, it's going to look like it's larger. So right. it's kind of strange that the one in the Evoque doesn't do that. It's been a yeah, while since I drove the Evoque. I couldn't remember. It's it's very definitely one of those you get in and it, you know how it feels like, you know how you get into a car and you know for sure there's two different screen sizes. You have a standard mm-hmm. that's an eight and you have the fancy pants versions that have like a 10 or a 12 or whatever inch screen. When you first sit down, my thought was, oh, do I have like a base screen? I'm like, oh, no, no, this is, this is not a base screen, you know? It, and it's the base. It's the base Range Rover is what you got. Yes, I got a base car. <laughs> right. It's the entry level to the Range you know, Rover lineup. The yeah. funniest thing my daughter said to me. So we spent the weekend down in Boston as we're driving. We went down this really fancy shopping street for kicks and giggles. And there's like G wagons and like really expensive cars all over the place. And then someone had like a Range Rover SV autobiography all tricked out, you know, super expensive. And I said, oh, that's the same company that makes the car. She's like, oh, I thought we were driving a, this is from her who's ridden a million cars. Oh, I thought this was just like a regular car. Is this supposed to be a nicer car? And I was like, who, <laughs> ouch. Yeah, she didn't Don't let Stuart Shore hear that. I know, it's like, oh, no. Like I said, you know, she's like, no, it just doesn't really feel like it. It just kind of, I was like, oh, kid thought it was like a doubt. Like she's like, we were driving a Nissan or something. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh. no. And that was just her impression, not knowing, yeah. but I thought, oh, so that's not good. <laughs> earlier, you mentioned the, the price of the package with the blind spot monitoring. How, how much yeah. was that again? That one, I had them back. The blind spot was the, let's, the blind spot actually is not that crazy. The blind spot is uh, 830. I have the world's smallest print on this Monroney. It's the wheels that are 1850 and the okay. panoramic roof that is 1800. I think it's 830 for the blind spot assist package. Then there's like an $800. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply climate package and then i have random bits and pieces i paid like you know it's like five or six hundred dollars here two hundred dollars there for all sorts of different little bits and pieces that they've added because just as a as a point of comparison 
that $20,000 Kia Soul we were talking about a few minutes ago. Yes. That comes standard on that $20,000 base Kia Soul LX. What, the blind spot thing? Yes. Boom. Yeah, yeah I didn't See? hit anyone. I didn't hit anyone. Well, <laughs> so it comes standard like, with no blind one. spot monitors. Yeah. Nope. You're going to pay an extra, I think it's $830 for it. Are there any extra things that you really shouldn't be paying extra for in here? I mean, aside from that, extra for paint, 300 bucks for a sound system. Oh, it's an extra almost $200 for a garage door opener. You know, the HomeLink garage yeah. door openers and the visor. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like 200 bucks. I don't know what this is. What is a handover pack? It's $25. Is that some like dealer prep thing? It literally says <laughs> handover pack, $25. Like a pack, like P A C K. Like, like pack, P A C K, like backpack, but just pack. Maybe there's and just like a little bag inside that has your like uh, what all do you your call paperwork it? and stuff. Your paperwork. Maybe they charge you twenty five dollars to get the paperwork <laughs> for your car. I don't know. Well, you get the paperwork, well, no. yeah. but if you want the paperwork in a nice little like oh, like a little drawstring satchel or something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That could it's be. Probably, yeah. Twenty five. I mean, you wouldn't want all that low. loose paperwork floating around your flopping remote. around. No, it would just be crazy it's, flopping around your car. Every time you open the window, it just flies around. You can't yeah. have that kind of chaos in your little luxury SUV. No, exactly. No you, chaos. Need, you no need chaos. refinement. Yes, refinement. and refinement is a twenty five dollar handover pack. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> all right. Um, so that's the Range Rover Evoque. <laughs> I had uh, the 2022 Volkswagen Jetta TD, Jetta TDI T, GTI Autobahn. <laughs> um, so uh, this is uh, uh, this is one of only two golfs that are now available in the U.S. That all the all the regular more pedestrian VW golfs, Americans don't want to buy those anymore. They don't want to buy small, you know, compact hatchbacks and stuff like that. Except for Kia Soul, apparently. Um, <laughs> So VW has discontinued all the the golfs except for the GTI and the Golf R, and the Golf R is the high end, uh, like three hundred some horsepower, all wheel drive super golf, and the GTI. You know, I haven't driven the new Golf R yet, but in the previous generation, I actually preferred the GTI to the Golf R because the GTI is lighter. Um, you know. The, the all-wheel drive on the Golf R, even though it's got more power, it feels kind of um, disconnected. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't feel as lively. You know, it doesn't feel like you can toss it around um, because it's got so much grip that you know, it just does exactly what you tell it to. You know, whereas the GTI, you, know, you take that thing through corners, uh, you get that inside rear wheel hiked up, and you know, it feels more fun and, and lively and spirited. And the same is true for this for this new one. I I really like this GTI. This one came with you can get it with a seven speed DSG, uh, but I highly recommend if you're going to buy a GTI, get a six speed manual. It's it's absolutely the best way to go. Um, so this is the the Mark Eight Golf platform. Um, so the latest and greatest generation that debuted about a year or so ago uh, in Europe. And the um, uh, the the biggest complaint I have about this is the infotainment system, which mm -hmm. I think shares a lot of its heart with the uh, what you find in the ID4. Uh, you know, it's an all new infotainment system. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't have the sluggishness and and the lag that you find in the ID4. Uh, but it's a similar. It looks like a similar interface. Um, it's not bad. It's not terrible. It does have 
um, support for both wireless Apple CarPlay and wireless Android Auto. So you don't actually even have to plug your your phone in to use those. Um, and so if you if you're gonna you know if you're gonna use those, great. You, you know you can get it once you get your phone paired up. You don't you don't have to mess with anything when you get in the car and start it. The the, inter- the phone projection interface comes up. It's that works well, but like the ID4, they've eliminated most of the physical controls. So you've got touch controls for volume and temperature and stuff. You know, in a strip along below the the center touch screen, um, which please stop stop doing that. <laughs> it's so Just, weird. Because, okay, it's, okay, keep going because there's a whole issue I have with this. Oh, Robbie has a rant. I said okay. It. Okay. Um, you know, traditionally GTIs always had uh, a golf ball style shift knob, you know, looked, looked like a golf ball. They've sort of retained that. You you look at it from the, from the driver's seat, looking at it, it looks more like what you find on most other cars now. Um, you know, kind of smooth on the sides and, and a top service, some red trim on it. Um, but when you put your hand on it, you can feel the dimples on the back, and if you twist your head around and look at the, the front side of the shifter that's facing away from you, it has that golf ball kind of finish to it with the dimples. Um, so that's that's a you know nice little throwback. The seats are really great, and this thing um, really comfortable and supportive, even though there's not a whole lot of adjustments. You know, it's like like in the Civic Si, uh, really good seats. Um, not a whole lot to complain about really with this thing. You know, fuel economy is about 28 miles per gallon. Um, lot, you know, the the back seat is surprisingly roomy, and there's there's decent cargo space in the back. Uh, you know, I I always suggest that you know for smaller cars like this, if there's a hatchback available, go for the hatchback instead of the sedan because it's so much more useful. Um, because you you have that nice big opening, you can fold the back seats down and put big stuff in there uh, if you need to. Um, so the the base GTI starts at uh, oh I had it here somewhere um, starts at about twenty nine thousand um, and uh, this one was about thirty eight thousand and change um, for the Autobahn version, which is the fully loaded version with the twenty inch wheels and everything. Um, while I look that up again, Robbie, give us your rant. <laughs> oh, so uh, I get home one night. I've been driving this car. First of all, the haptic, the the sort of soft touch buttons on the steering wheel are are a train. They're they're horrible. Yes, because you're turning. You if you have hands that are larger than medium, mm-hmm. as you're it's like you're just hitting all the buttons while you're while you're driving. And they're hard to like use, and it turns out that the uh, below the touch screen where you have the the the, the controls for the heat, for your climate controls, and the volume. Um, that that isn't illuminated at night, so I'm oh, trying to turn yeah. down the music, and uh, what I'm doing is I'm turning up the heat. <laughs> I'm just like, what's going on? What is going on? What is going on? <laughs> so or, yeah, or or if you're you know if like sometimes um, you know when I'm driving, I you know I will stick if I'm trying to hit the touch screen, I'll stick out my index finger to hit the the touch targets, and I'll use my middle finger to sort of brace my hand because you know when you're driving along. You know, and you're reaching out for a touchscreen. That's why I hate touchscreens in cars. You know, you're, the end of your arm tends to move around a little bit. And so, you know, I use my middle finger to brace there while I'm hitting the touch target so it's more precise. And I, off, you know, I end up hitting those controls with my middle finger as I'm doing this. So that, that's very annoying. And you're right about the, the touch controls on the, the 
three and nine spokes on the steering wheel. It's just, ah, it's such a, it's such a great little car. And then they're like, oh, by the way, we're going to screw it we, up this way. We're going to screw it up. We, we put it in the ID3. We put it in the ID4. Yeah. No one likes it. But you know what? We already made all the parts. So yeah. <laughs> There's somebody else that has a little touch screen, like a little tiny touch pad that's like, like a one centimeter by one centimeter square. Mercedes on it Benz they, does that. Mercedes. That's what I, and I hate it because I'm forever turning the wheel and it's like, what, what, why are the lights on? What is happening with the heat, the radio? What, what is going on? And I've literally just turned the wheel and managed to hit it three different ways. Yeah. <laughs> The, yeah. Like that on the steering wheel. I get so, the idea. Like, this will be so cool. Mm-mm. Yeah. So the, the, uh, I found the, the prices again here because they didn't send me a Monroni for this one. Um, the, S, the GTI S starts at $29,880 uh, and then uh, $1,000 for – so thirty one grand for the S, uh, thirty five, uh, almost thirty six for the SE, and the Autobahn is thirty eight three thirty, dollars which uh, with the delivery charge comes to – um, thirty nine seven twenty. It's a nine hundred ninety five dollar delivery charge, which, considering it's coming from all the way from Wolfsburg, is not bad. Um, it's you know the the Autobahn uh, has a heads up display, which I could not find any anywhere to actually turn that on. I could not find a control or a button or anything for that. So I, I could see it there. I could see where there's the thing on the top of the dash for that, but I could never actually figure out how to how to enable it. Um, it also has adaptive uh, uh, dampers on it. Um, leather seats, heated rear upward seats, um, power driver seat with memory, uh, light assist. Oh, and sorry, the 19 inch wheels, not twenties. Um, and, uh, they're, it, they look great. And, you know, I think I really like the look of, of the Mark eight golfs and, and especially the GTI, um, the, you know, the, in the front, the, the lower part of the fascia, you know, it's got this kind of honeycomb grill there that echoes the look that you see on the the id models like on the id on the id buzz and the id4 um and the fog lights are are the driving lights in the corners are behind that inside of that it's it's a cool it's a cool look it's it's distinctive looks different from other stuff on the road um but it still looks like a vw so you know aside from those annoyances with the the touch controls um i really like the rest of it just get used to it, I guess. Yeah. Just get used to it. So that is the 2022 VW GTI. And I have to show you, you can't see this. Can you see this? Look in your guys' screens, yep. guys. Oh. I have a pillow that they gave me from the thing, and it's actually the plaid interior. Yeah. Fancy. Yeah. It's like my favorite little random press thing. I'm like, I'm going to put that pillow in my chair so I have my little Volkswagen GTI pillow. Very, Very nice. Cute. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of the stuff that happened this week. Um, let's start with the Corvette. Um, during uh, during a uh, interview, I think on Monday, um, and it's funny how you know a whole bunch of EV related announcements or semi announcements or teasers came out on Monday and Tuesday morning, um, just before Ford had their big celebration to launch production of the F one hundred and fifty Lightning. Um, what? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and, and GM kicked it off with uh, with news of uh, the Corvette uh, going getting an electrified version in 2023, and then an all electric version at some point in the unannounced future, um, which may be around 24 or 25. Um, and they they dropped a little 25 second teaser video um, of the <clears throat> of a Corvette um, wrapped in camo 
um, on uh, on a snowpad uh, during winter testing. Uh, and in profile, when you see it launching uh, for the first time ever, you see the front wheels spinning up, telling us that uh, you know this is probably going to be something similar to the configuration of the Acura NSX, where it had electric motors driving the front wheels and probably another electric motor in the rear um, and, um, and the V8 engine in there as well. Are we excited for this? I think we were, didn't everyone just kind of knew that this was coming? I mean, yeah, they said it was coming, but you, it was just like, oh, so here it is. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've kind of hinted at it for I mean, going back to you know when they launched the C8, the mid-engine mm-hmm. C8 a couple of years back. Um, you know, and I think you know, when I've asked Mark Royce about it, you know, he, said, he nodded and said, yeah, it's coming eventually. You know, wouldn't say when. Um, but the, I think the, the thing that is strange about this is that for the last three years, Mark Royce has been adamant that GM was done with hybrids, that they weren't going to do any more hybrids. You know, after they canceled the Volt and they canceled um, the, the Malibu hybrid and, and everything else that had both a, an engine and an electric motor, you know, he said, we're all in on electric. We're, mm-hmm. we're going electric. We're not doing any more hybrids. And here they are doing a hybrid Corvette, which, why? Uh, well, I mean, I think you have to look at the. I, I try not to make an old white dude joke, but it's that's the that's that's who buys Corvettes, and you're probably mm-hmm. out of anyone who you're going to need to sort of talk into electrification. It's going to be old white dudes. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the reason. They're like, okay, we'll start with the hybrid. They'll get used to that, and then they'll get and then they'll get the electric one. I mean, it's it's to say we're not doing any more hybrids, and the kill the volt, a thing that people loved. Yeah, (laughs) we're like, yeah, psych. (laughs) We're doing it in the Corvette. (laughs) Psych. (laughs) Psych. I think I think they needed a transition. I think they were probably afraid that they were going to lose people. They went straight to EV just because people, old white dudes. I saw a gentleman get out of a new Corvette the other day who was wearing uh, jeans and a black leather jacket. Oh, nice. (laughs) And I was like, you, sir. Are killing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, what I saw when they announced, when they officially were confirming all this was the amount of outright hang hand wringing on the part of everybody who is an old school must have gas engine nothing else. Like people were people are either sort of yeah hey well yeah we knew it was coming yeah whatever or no the end times like people were there was no in between there's no okay fine cool whatever you either were really super excited. Or you were jumping off a cliff. Like there was yeah. nothing and, in between. And I think that's why there's the, the, the hybrid is coming. Yeah. To sort of yeah. lower, just sort of like ease them into it. It's cool. And, like if you want someone to get in the radio head, you make them listen to a little bit of Coldplay first. I mean, no one wants to listen to Coldplay like on purpose. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you kind of get them like, okay, here's the people. They have some stuff. All right. Here's some radio head. Okay. Slowly. Look at them there slowly. Slowly. And... <clears throat> I'm I'm guessing that this probably won't be a plug-in hybrid though, because I'm not oh, sure God, where no. they put enough battery. You know, because it, it you know the, the the fuel tank is down the the center tunnel there, um, and I don't think there's enough room anywhere for a battery big enough for a plug-in hybrid. Uh, if you still have the engine, I mean, once once you take the engine out, take the V8 engine out, you know, then you've got plenty of room for a battery for an EV version, but not not for uh, not for a plug-in hybrid. 
Yeah. They'll they'll use that hybrid just for launches. I've, yeah. I'm guessing like a majority of it is just low end torque takeoff to get people like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. dear. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how like gentlemen. Oh, were... <laughs> oh dear. It's like mini pearl. Like what have you like oh, dear. request like I'm, 50 I, years? What happened? I don't know. I'm trying to get into the mindset of a person who's <laughs> older than me and drives a Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and that's how we lost all of our Corvette listeners. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be. I'm trying to be very no, nice. I get it. Yes. It's like it's it's it, yeah. It's like me. People people of a certain age, like myself, were ridiculously insane about Honda Civics. Honda yeah. Civics. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Honda Civics is a great car. We absolutely love the Honda Civic. But if you're like, really, Honda Civic, huh? All right. <laughs> so so yeah. I'm 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 kind of at that bridge age there where you know I I love Honda Civics you know and crazy Honda Civics but I also love driving Corvettes you know see there you go you're the you're you are you're the you're going to be like the the uh, our our uh, what's the person who I was going to say a person but he's a war criminal so I'm not going to say his name but someone <laughs> you who's just turned uh, Sam into a war criminal I missed oh, this oh no what? I was trying someone someone who's uh, uh, a person who talks yeah. to both sides, who has a foot in both. Oh, Henry Kissinger. Yeah, I was oh, going to okay. say Henry Kissinger. <laughs> I like that you got that. Like someone who talks to both sides and war criminal. You're like, oh, Henry Kissinger. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Boom. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not nearly as old as, as Kissinger. So, but you know, you can like kind of get both sides and, and like. And to hey. the best of my knowledge, I've never committed any war crimes. Okay, right. this is good to hear, Sam. <laughs> and I, I've driven Corvettes, not, and I like the Corvette. And you know what I really liked about the Corvette is the little hidden spot, you know, behind the touchscreen. You put your stuff in it. Oh, the little oh, yeah. book of, like, secret yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, Corvettes are, are wonderful, and they're really great for uh, doing burnouts, which I found I out. Like and then them. I got kicked off at, I kicked off a, a, out of a place because I was doing burnouts on video. <laughs> I don't like the giant row of buttons that, like, between the drivers. Yeah, that's the, only, that's the main from, thing like, I don't like about the C8. It goes all the way, like, down from, like, I feel like it's, like, starts somewhere behind your head. It feels like it just wraps all the way around you. All. It's this huge, long row of buttons. And it also makes it very awkward. I know it's all about the driver, blah, 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 blah. But if you are the passenger, you have nowhere to put your left arm. Like yeah. You, you kind of do this like, well, I'm activating things. Okay, I'll just, I'll just hold my left arm like over my shoulder like it's in a sling. You just hug yourself you just have to when hug you're the passenger because you're so happy you're in a Corvette with like, your friend. Yay, Corvette. And you give yourself a big hug. Yeah. So that's you, the only thing. I just I, – it, it looks a little weird to me, and it in practice, like riding in that car, it's this awkward. You know what it's, it's for? Awkward. It's like you use your left arm to hold up your right arm because as you're driving down the street, you give everyone high fives. Just always for the high fives. Now you're in it a makes car. sense. I get it now. You figured it out. <laughs> because Thanks you have for explaining a, this to me. <laughs> you have a very fast, you have an American supercar for $60,000. <laughs> yeah. Hey, come on. That's a, yeah. that's a screaming deal. Absolutely. It's a screaming deal. All yeah, right. I like the Corvette. <laughs> I especially love the sound of, of a Corvette. You know, when, when you stand on it and open it up, it's a big V8. just sounds fantastic. It's, it does sound it's, delicious. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> Fantabulous. I wonder if they'll keep that, that sound when they, when they go electric. I doubt it. Or pipe it in, make a yeah. fake sound. Like, you know, like we've created the sound. It's not real. <laughs> yeah. well, that's a, well, here's my thing about sound. <laughs> Oh, is God, uh, the, sound the sounds that are coming out of your car? Those are those those are tuned. You have to yeah. adjust those. Shh, they're, they're not, Stop they're not, it, Robbie! Shh, that's not what the stop with your reality and your logic. Stop it right the, now. I, the, I'm very interested to see what what Lamborghini wants to do with sound. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
the the sounds you know in performance cars with internal combustion modern performance cars with internal combustion engines you know they they do have all these tubes running around feeding in intake sounds and exhaust sounds from various places into the cabin they're not they're tuned but they're not synthesized mm-hmm. yeah so they're, they're not being made out of bits by your yeah. audio system yeah but it's but like they, a clarinet versus a a, a synth yeah kind of <laughs> All right. The the next thing that GM announced on Monday um, was that all of their Ultium EVs are getting something that they're calling the Ultium uh, Energy Recovery System, which is a uh, fancy way of saying, um, yeah, we're putting a heat pump in everything, every, every new EV we're building. <laughs> Uh, so there's actually some cool stuff that they've that they've done with this. Um, you know, one of the things when the the model the Tesla Model Three came out, um, I don't know if you've ever watched any of um, the videos from uh, Sandy Monroe uh, Monroe and Associates is a company here in Michigan that does teardowns and competitive analysis on vehicles. And when they did a teardown on the Model Three a few years back, one of the things that got them really excited is something that Tesla calls the octo valve. So for all the, the cooling, all the, all the coolant flow around the car between the battery and the motors and everything else, um, you know, if you, if you look at a, a Mustang Mach-E, at least a current one, because they're, they're working on an updated version of it, but the current one is using a lot of off-the-shelf components from other internal combustion Ford vehicles. And so you've got a whole bunch of pieces that are routing the, the coolant flow around. And what Tesla came up with is this one device that's got a bunch of valves in it and it can flow the coolant in different places depending on where it's needed. Um, and it sounds like GM has done something very similar um, with their energy recovery system. Uh, and so um, they're using the heat pump for the air conditioning as well as for the heating on their new EVs. And Heat pumps are great because they're way more efficient than traditional air conditioners or resistance heaters that you have on on a lot of EVs. Um, and so one of the, the things that they described uh, when I was on, the, on this briefing call with them was on the Hummer, when it goes into that uh, WTF mode, mm-hmm. uh, what, what they do to, in order to get the maximum performance out of the EV, they actually have to cool down the motors but heat up the battery to get it up to its optimal temperature to get the most voltage out of it. And so they use this, they use the heat pump and this, um, this multi-valve thing to circulate coolant through the motor, extract the heat from the motor, and then um, that heat then gets routed and goes into the battery to warm up the battery to get it to its optimum temperature. Mm. Um, and overall, you know, they, they claim traditionally heat pumps have been more expensive than classic um, climate control systems in EVs. But they claim because of the way they designed this, you know, the, they re- reduced the total number of components and simplified the thing that cost-wise it's actually about comparable to the HVAC system on, on the Bolt. Um, but it's much more efficient. And they claim that it's going to give their, their new generation of EVs about a 10% boost in range, um, which we ha- really haven't good. seen much yeah, of that on the, yeah. on the Hummer yet. But uh, we'll wow. see how it works out on the on the Cadillac Lyric this summer, um, and that's going to be standard across the board on everything from that that little Equinox EV that they're building all the way up to the Hummer and the Silverado and everything in between. 
That's cool. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I wish I could, I could afford a heat pump for my house, but we don't use, we only use the air conditioning like four days a year. Well, maybe more. Anyway, yeah. heat pumps are awesome. If it's the same price, they got it down to the same price as the HVAC system, then yeah, they're golden. Yeah, they, they claim it's cost neutral and also weight neutral, which mm. again, oh. they, they, really? they clearly need to do more of that on the Hummer. Yeah, what, well, then the Hummer is the Hummer. Is, <laughs> the, the Hummer is the Hummer. I just, we, just, we just have to accept the fact that the Hummer is just big and audacious, and that's, that's exactly what it's supposed to be, big, audacious, and inefficient. Yeah, Hummer. <laughs> I love the Hummer. I like love it. It's ridiculous, and I love it. I, I like mean, driving it's, it. It's I don't ridiculous. Think I, I don't think I'd want a Hummer. I think I would probably I would I would prefer the Rivian or the Ford Maverick or really almost any other thing. I but saw I, a Maverick I, on the road the other day. The first Maverick I've seen in the wild. I feel like yay. no one can get them. I don't know if they're just like hard to ship here. Or no one's buying one. But I'm like, oh my god, someone's driving a Maverick. It was really kind of cool to see it. I'm seeing more and more of them. I saw one Maverick and one Santa Cruz in Hawaii. So they, they, they get in the tiny truck. In Hawaii, huh? So everyone loves trucks in Hawaii. Where It actually makes a lot of sense to own a truck because everyone's surfing or you work. You know, a lot of people throw work your surfboard in. or your scuba gear in the back. Yeah, yeah, you throw it all in the back. That makes sense, yeah. And the roads are always kind of like washed out at some point. <laughs> so you want something big <laughs> at some and tall. At some point, they're gone. Like all the truck things that I like, ugh, that I, I kind of like, ugh, about here in the Bay Area. In Hawaii, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you, you, you actually need that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Dodge Hornet. Hornet's coming. Um, in an interview earlier this week, uh, Tim Kaniskas, the head of the Dodge brand, uh, confirmed uh, that they, the Hornet is real. It's coming. Um, I don't think they said exactly when it's going to launch. Um, but um, yeah, it was an interview with the Detroit News. Uh, and uh, it will be the next vehicle to join the Dodge lineup. Um, and right now the Dodge lineup consists of uh, just the Char- Charger, Challenger, and the Durango. Um, they're going to reveal it this August. So my guess is we'll probably see it sometime around um, around the time of the uh, uh, Woodward Dream Cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's going to be um, based on the same platform as the Alfa Romeo Tonali that we saw earlier this year. Uh, so compact crossover. Um, it's going to be available as a plug-in hybrid as well. First plug-in hybrid from uh, from the Dodge brand. Um, what do you think about bringing a, a Hornet to uh, the lineup? Bring back the Magnum. I don't yeah, no, I, I'd love to see a Magnum. Magnum Electric Magnum. Dope. Oh my God, it's so big. It's a big long. It's all this room for batteries. Yeah. All right. I'm derailing it because I'd rather, I'd rather have a Magnum than a Hornet. It looks but yeah, really good. Is this, is this an official image that we're seeing in this no, picture? No, that, that's, that's a render. They, they photoshopped on something that looks basically like the uh, – this is on, on the, the Motor Trend site. So um, this is fakey fake fake. Yeah, this yeah, means nothing. They put on something that looks like the, uh, the Durango front end yeah. onto a Tenali. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Um, I mean, hopefully it looks something like this. I mean, yeah. if it looked like that, I wouldn't complain. That looks yeah. really cool. I think it's kind of, I like it when they, like, Hornet. That's cool. I like that name. Like, it fits along with the little, the little, it's the little B, the little B thing that's Super on all the. Super B? Super B, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I'm like, it's a B. He's really little, super. Like, what is he's it? He's super, that really super B thing. I, I feel like it, it keeps a theme. 
It was that or go with angry cats. And I felt like we, that's, oh, I'll go with the hornet. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that, you know, Caniscus reconfirmed is that they are going to show <clears throat> a concept version of the uh, Dodge E-Muscle car uh, sometime this year. Um, no, no word on exactly when we'll see that. But um, given that this week they also announced uh, the return of the, the Detroit Auto Show in September, might seem like a good time to, uh, to show something off. Like that. Maybe show that. Yeah. People oh. are very, all the muscle car guys I know, more so than the Corvette guys are freaking out. Maybe I know more muscle car guys. But where the Corvette guys are freaking out about the whole hybrid thing with the Corvette, the muscle car guys are like, you will ride my powerful gas engine from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> like, they do not. They're very angry about this. They don't they, want it. Have they, have they driven an EV yet? No. And yeah. I've said, have you driven an EV? Would you take one? I actually well, convinced one friend who is... Like a muscle car guy. I said, just, will you just go drive an EV for me? Like, I actually convinced him to go drive a Mach-E, and he did. And he's like, well, yeah, that was actually, that was really, that was something else. That was the first EV he's driven, right? It's a really cool car to drive. It was really aggressive. It was this. He's like, no, I don't want it. I want my gas engine. I'm like, Yeah, but you can have both, dude. No, mm -mm, no, Robbie, no. Um, he, He was just, no, I want it to sound like. Hellcat. I want it to be all Hellcatty. I want it to spew emissions. I want it to do all the things. Otherwise, it is an inferior imitation of what a powerful car should be. And I'm like, okay, I got that. If you drove it and you liked it, and you're still saying no, I don't know. I like this thing. I don't want it. I like this thing, but I won't buy it because stubborn. Okay. Because I'm stubborn. <laughs> uh, you know, I you know they they you can keep your car. <laughs> I know. No one's. I'm like. No one's going to steal it from you. I don't actually have to pry it from your cold, dead hands. You no can just drive taking, it as long well, as you want. And, and especially when you consider that you know classic muscle cars. You know, these are typically not cars that handle very well. So they're not cars that people take to, to track days on road courses. Right. You know, if they do anything with them, they're going to take them to the drag strip. And that is where an EV is just going to blow it away. I mean, yeah. you got to do is look on YouTube at all the videos of uh-huh. of uh, Model S plaids blowing away um, Dodge Demons, you know, and 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 other yeah. stuff. Just breaking uh, hearts. This yeah. <laughs> just and, and quietly, quietly breaking hearts. Yeah. Yeah. That's a th- yeah. You can have have your muscle car. You don't drive your muscle car to work every day, do you? It's like you get up, you shine it up. You adjust the carburetor. You don't live in Detroit, do you? No. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. They do. He just drive his muscle car to work every day. Um, but everyone that I know has a muscle car. They like, they, they like. It comes out on the weekend. Then you that's drive because it you live in California. I'm going to make a gross generalization. I assume that's not the case where you are, Sam. No. Not you you, you do see you do see them much more frequently. Yeah. In, in daily use here around mm-hmm. here. Uh, here, everyone's like, okay, I have my super dope muscle car. But uh, here's the Honda CRV that I drive to work. <laughs> yeah. No. They're like, they I, don't want, I don't want to mess up my muscle car. I have this CRV. I can throw all this crap in it. The kids can make a mess. The muscle car is special. That's, that's your special, special. Your no, special, special. The muscle car is still special, but they'll take it out in the middle of a blizzard in January. Like, there's no reason. There's no case when you cannot <laughs> take your muscle car out for a drive. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, I grew up. My parents had a, a, a Javelin. We had a challenge, a Charger. Like these are all the cars I grew up like riding in as a kid. Yeah. And it was like, oh yeah, muscle cars are great and amazing. But I need to yeah. get somewhere sometimes. Sometimes I don't want to adjust the yeah, carburetor just to go to the store. 
They'll have a second car, but like, oh, I gotta go buy some points. Car, they're gonna drive that muscle yeah. car every chance they get. But there might still also be a crossover, or an SUV, or a large sedan, or something that's like if they've got kids. When they need to haul some in. mulch, they pull out the truck or the SUV. Exactly. All right, he actually has All a truck, right. so the truck is the mulch hauling vehicle. Okay, the I just don't want people putting mulch. Vehicle. I just want people putting mulch in the back of a muscle car. That's all I'm no, saying. I've never seen him put mulch in the, be- in the back of his beat-up truck, yes, in his muscle car. No. I, all right. I, I must confess, I have put a few bags of mulch in the trunk of a charger. <gasps> oh. <sighs> so not a war criminal, but does put mulch in his charger. I don't know, Robbie. What do we do with that? <laughs> I mean, we can call the Hague. <laughs> we can just check it. But but to to what you said earlier, Robbie, about the uh, bringing back the Magnum, I I do think that they should bring back the Magnum. And um, back in say like 2008, when Tesla was just starting development work on what would eventually become the Model S, one of their first development mules actually was a Magnum. They took a Magnum body and they stripped really? the powertrain out and they put they put a battery and an electric motor in there. And there was there was some spy photos that popped up of, of this thing uh, in uh, San Carlos where Tesla was based at the time, um, you know, a, a Magnum with no tailpipes on it or anything. See. So there, see? there was there was there was at least one electric Magnum. Okay. Ah, that see. Just one. Doc Magnum was dope. That was a yeah. dope car, and it's, they sold so many. I saw them everywhere. I don't know. Well, apparently not enough. I guess not enough. I yeah. feel like they were all over the place in California. Like everywhere you looked, there was a Dodge Magnum. Really? Maybe, I don't ever remember them being that popular here. They were really popular they, here. They, they were reasonably reason. popular around here too, around Michigan. But I guess not enough. Yep. Not it's popular. Cal- California enough. and Michigan. That was it. You know, yeah. <laughs> Chrysler, you know, Chrysler or FCA employees uh, and uh, you know, and some surfers. It was about it. So very limited, a <laughs> limited range of people. So that's why it's got. Yeah. All right. Um, Nissan uh, this week showed off a um, what they're calling their uh, Concept Zero, um, which is uh, actually a Nissan Skyline sedan, which is the same vehicle that uh, is sold here as the Infiniti Q50, uh, but equipped with a bunch of new sensors, and um, it's they're using it for development purposes for their next generation driver assist systems. And among the sensors on this thing are luminar lidar sensors. Their first use of of a luminar lidar, um, and uh, so this is uh, let's see, this is actually um, luminar's second partnership with a Japanese automaker. They the first one was with Toyota. Toyota still uses luminar lidar on their uh, automated driving development vehicles, uh, but um, Nissan's using this for for lidar, and they did. They did a bunch of demos with it. They had a, a briefing call on Monday um, showing off some of the crash avoidance uh, capabilities that they've built into this thing. So it's not really designed for full automated driving, but they're using it um, to – one of the demos they showed was um, the you know following another car – car pulls out of the way because there's a tire rolling down the down the highway towards them. <laughs> like happens and, on a daily and, basis. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, you know, I, I had a tire go through my windshield once. Jesus, did you really? Well, not all the uh, way through. It just smashed it up really bad. Like down to almost hitting my hand on the steering wheel. 
Uh, so it happens. Yeah. Okay. So I've, I've never had this a, is just for you. I've I've never had one rolling towards me, but you know it's pretty common around here at least uh, to find tire carcasses laying in the middle of the highway that have been thrown off mm. by trucks. Oh um, yeah, because they don't have to because it's in the inside tire, and they're like, well, I don't have to do anything about that, so it just shoots it off. That's what happened. I had a giant tire carcass from a truck like yeah. smash wow. through my windshield. That was a fun day. And you know, so the, the demo they showed, you know, showed the the lidar detecting this thing and immediately ev- evading, you know, doing an evasive maneuver to to avoid it. Um, another demo had them um, avoiding uh, a, a pedestrian crossing the road. Uh, similar to the demos that Luminar was doing at CES this year, um, it, it showed a bunch of different demos and showing how the lidar can help. You know, and then this is also equipped with higher resolution cameras and radar and stuff. Um, and they're they're planning to launch something in production around 2025. So, cool. It's not that far away. Yeah. And now I think about it, I don't. I think I've seen one tire rolling on the road once. Just like rolling. Yeah. I've never seen this. I've seen dead tire it, tire I think carcasses. It fell off like a truck. Like it wasn't didn't fall off a car. Like it fell off a truck and it was just sort of bouncing. It wasn't in a wheel. It was just the tire. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the thing I've seen a lot of, especially in the last few weeks around here, is uh, deer's deer carcasses on the side of the road. Oh been yeah. A lot, you know, as as the the fawns have been born, lot you know there've been a lot of Aww. deer on the move here in Michigan. And I've seen quite a few that have gotten hit. So. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. You're bringing us down there, Sam. <laughs> Come on, Sam. Gosh. Hey, watch out for deer. So, and- so far in 30-plus years of you know, living in Michigan, um, the I've only – actually, I've, I've been hit by a deer one time. I've, I've, never, met, I've never actually hit a deer. It ran into your car. That happened to my mom once. It ran into the side of her car and scared the daylights out. Yeah, driving down the road, it it jumped out from the you know from the uh, trees on the the side across the road and ran into the side of my car and snapped the uh, the mirror off. So ha ha, gotcha, and then it ran off. (laughs) Well, no, then it was laying in the middle of the road. I was gonna say, I feel like this could be the end. Was stunned. I pulled over and got out and went to call the sheriff's department to let them know that there's a deer laying in the middle middle of the road and by the time somebody picked up the phone the deer had got up and wandered off back into the woods again so oh i i hit a fawn once but like i was going like I I you st- guys stop let's move on no We're no here this is deer what this, is this no listen listen like to the story no listen never- to the story so i i hit the fawn i i stopped enough where i just sort of knocked it over and it wouldn't get up so I stuck it in the back of my dad's 260Z, <laughs> and I drove, and I was like, I was following my, this is when I was in high school, and I was following my girlfriend, she had a truck, so I stick this little deer, so fun, in the back of 260Z, and then... Why did you I, put it in the truck? I just, okay, so I put it in the back, okay, first of all, high school, so just okay. stupid idiot brain, also we didn't, we didn't want to jump out and like hurt itself more, so we drive to town, because this is my hometown out in the middle of the mountains, we drive in. We go to the gas station and we call animal control. And the animal control person comes out and he looks at it and he's like, there's nothing wrong with this deer. <laughs> he's like, he's just chilling. He says, and he's like, also, this deer should be freaking out. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, this, is a, this isn't right. This isn't what the, <laughs> he's, he shouldn't just be chilling in your car. He should have destroyed the inside of your car as soon as you did this. I'm like, uh. So he told him where to take the deer and he took it back. And yeah. And that was so it. That, so it lived. Yeah. Oh, unless that guy took them out and ate them or something. But uh, 
Let's hope not. I don't think he did. I don't think the animal control. You guys. I think the stop. animal control guy was just like, whoa, this is crazy. But I had a little deer. I was just driving around. He's just looking around, looking out the There's window. Just like, have, cool, like cool a little room. like a little puppy. He's just like, hey, this is the best day ever. The, 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 well, the, the way I figure it, you know, there are so many deer in Michigan that, you know, if some small portion of them end up getting hit by cars and being left on the side of the road, you know, you need something to feed all the turkey vultures. Yeah, I mean, the, the scavengers need to eat too, right? That's true. Yes. <sighs> All right. You know, but they aren't cute. Turkey vultures are horrible. Deer are cute. Yeah, There's nothing wrong turkey with turkey vultures. vultures. They clean up Bambi. the roadkill. They clean up all the dead animals out, not roadkilled, but also roadkilled. Yeah, the 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 guys, the, the circle raccoons and possums and you know everything else that that you know things die. dies. And people. Well, I mean, every, Every, every animal dies sooner or later. All right. Enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> Death and war crime. This is a, this oh is a happen. I want to go from cars to just killing Bambi everywhere, but go ahead. Okay. Also raccoons. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> and skunks. Don't forget the skunks. Oh, poor skunks. Um, <laughs> last item. A Colorado uh, car dealer group. Um Last year opened up the uh, what is believed to be the first hybrid and EV only used car dealership. Um, it is uh, where where is it? It's somewhere somewhere in Colorado. Um, they uh, they were finding that you know with the growing interest in EVs and, and hybrids that um, it they figured it made sense to have a they had an unused lot that was available. Um, in, in Colorado Springs, here it is, Phil Long uh, EV outlet in uh, Colorado Springs. And they based, sell nothing but hybrids and EVs there. And uh, it's, they've been surprised at how well it's been doing. They sold, uh, they've been selling about 15 to 20 a month, uh, which mm. is more than they were expecting. Um, and uh, it's doing, doing quite well. And I'm, I'm figuring we're probably going to be seeing more of these in the in the coming years. I mean, if, you, you, if you're looking just to save, like, I want to save money on gas, and you have to go to a car, you know, used lot or a regular lot, and you get there and you're like, okay, well, where are the EVs? Where are the hybrids? Where are the plug-ins? Or I can just go to one stop that has it all. You know, everything there is going to be <laughs> less expensive I say, I on the road. I guess if you're looking at first, I'm like, why would you do that? But I'm thinking new cars. But if it's used cars... That kind of makes sense. Like, just let's cut out you trying to sell me the used gas guzzling whatever. I am only here for an EV. All he's going to suggest instead of the one you want is another one. Like, right. You and know? the salespeople there, you know, they're not going to try and push you to something else because they have nothing else to sell. They have nothing else to sell you. They don't have some, you know, they don't have a charger on the lot that they're trying to get rid of. Nope. Also, yeah. they probably know more about the vehicles on the lot and the technology. I think a lot of times when you go into a dealership and the, the person trying to sell you a car, trying to sell you a gas car, is because they don't know enough about the EV or the, the PHEV or the hybrid to give you, like, the answers that you want. So they're like, you know what? It's a lot easier for me to just sell you a charger. How about I just yeah. put you in this charger? Boom. So this uh, this EV EV and hybrid lot has ten EV chargers uh, installed, including four fast chargers, um, and uh, they have uh, let's see they have a store there. Customers can um, some uh, see some some customers find the chargers via their navigation systems and hop off the the interstate. They can come by, grab a drink, and relax. Shop for another used car, used EV. Um, 
it's pretty i think it's a pretty cool idea and I, I i suspect as i said i think we'll see more dealers starting to do this over the next year or two this is this is the exact same thing I told. I, I wrote an article about how Tesla should open up it. This is like four years ago, about how Tesla should open up its its uh, charging network to other cars because then they could put like at every like the nice charger stations they could put like a Model Three in there, mm-hmm. and then you could like oh look at this Model Three while I'm waiting for my you know Chevy Bolt to charge to charge up. Yeah, yeah. these they're they're doing the thing that I told Tesla to do. Good job, people. <laughs> Somebody listen to you, Robbie. Somebody I don't know. listen. They, it's not like a crazy genius idea. It's just an idea. It's a crazy genius idea. <laughs> All right. Let's answer a few uh, a few questions from listeners. Um, first up, Richard DiCarlo. Uh, I have this crazy fascina- fascination on getting an all-wheel drive 2006 Honda Element. Don't ask me why. I want to customize it, either lowering it with some nice wheels and tires or turning it off-road. Uh, I found some clean ones for around ten thousand dollars, about one hundred and fifty thousand miles, twenty miles per gallon. Am I crazy for wanting one? No, no. But it, the prices on the Element have like skyrocketed because people love the Element. Like you could get one like three years ago for the same car for like five thousand, but it's just gotten more and more people are are getting turned on to the Element. Because it's just so cool. It's such a it great looks car. Cool. I'm always sad that we sold ours. I loved that thing. My brother has one. I have to write a first refusal when he goes to sell it. Write a first refusal. <laughs> have you signed an official contract to that effect? <laughs> Almost. I'm like, you can't sell it. You have to like let me. I, I have a drummer friend who sold his element. I didn't realize he owned an element. I was so angry. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> dare you sell that and not like tell everybody who's in all these bands who also need to haul gear? <laughs> yeah, who would very much like to have that car? You know, an, an element seems like it would be a prime candidate for an EV conversion. Yep. I, I, oh, yeah. I wrote an article about that. <laughs> the fuel economy is abysmal. Yeah. I, should, I, I wrote an article that they, they should bring a, a bunch of cars you should bring back that should be EVs, and one of them was the Honda Element. And a lot of people were like, I was going to click on this and then yell at you on Twitter, but I didn't because I wanted to say, I bet you didn't put the Honda Element on there, but you did. <laughs> yeah. I can't yell at you because, oops. <laughs> yeah. Honda Element EV. Make it happen, Honda. Yeah, get you know, get one of these uh, E-Crate motor uh, kits from uh, from oh, Ford yeah. or GM that they're selling now, and you know, find find an element that's got a, a blown engine or something or a blown transmission. Rip all that stuff out, put it put an electric motor in and a battery, good to go. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Done. Done. All right. Coach Cabrera asks: Is Toyota going to be able to meet the standards of the F-150 Lightning or Tesla Cybertruck? Well, the Cybertruck should be easy since it doesn't exist. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what do you think? Will it be able to meet the standards of the Lightning? Eventually. I uh, was supposed to say, well, when they do something. That's the thing. Is Toyota like, really doesn't want to do this still. Mm-hmm. They're sort mm-hmm. of like, ugh. They're like the they're like the kid whose parents made them clean their room. They're like, fine, I'll clean it, but I'm not gonna. It's like do fine. It. If I can't ever eat dinner again until I clean my room, I'll clean my stupid room. Fine. <laughs> once they, I think once they embrace it, then yes. But even Toyota like really coasts on the fact that you could like shoot a Toyota with a with a like a what do you a, a rocket like a rocket oh. launcher and it'll still drive. <laughs> <laughs> like they really just sort of like. Cruise. I mean, the the new Tundra. I feel like some of the the tech in there is behind what the Toyota or what Ford and Dodge and everyone else is offering. But it's also a Toyota, so you know you're going to buy it. 
and you're just going to be able to drive through a brick wall. A million miles later, it's still yeah, going to be good. Yeah, That's the thing. You fun. can drive it forever. Like, if you just, you just, you do whatever you want to it, and it's just like, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, I don't have the, the newest shiny, but you know I'm going to last forever. That's the Toyota sort of model. It's like, it's not the newest shiny, but you know what? It's going to be fine. Exactly. It'll be fine. Because in 15, 20, 70 years when you're still driving this, you're not even going to remember 20, that. 70. <laughs> you're not even going to be remembering it. And, I mean, it, it, I think when the Toyota Tundra electric, I don't know what they'll call it, uh, comes out, it'll probably be a little, you know. the It'll spectrum. be the BZ Tundra. Yeah, it'll be a BZ little bit behind, <laughs> like whatever the F-150 Lightning is at that time. But also, Toyota, like, even though they don't want to do it, you know they're going to be like, well, if we're going to do it, we might as well make it something that'll last 7 like if we million have to do miles. It, we might as well make or it maybe, maybe it'll be the BZ10T. Oh, God. Because yeah. no. the, the number is for the, the size. And oh, then these the, names. They've and then the stop. last letter is for the, the, the body style. So, you know, just BZ10 a, truck. Every, just give it a damn name. <laughs> even I the RAV4 has names. Brand. Just have names. Names are easy to remember. These, this alphabet soup with all the numbers. Uh, no, I don't BZ4. And, and it's like lowercase b, capital Z, 4, capital X. Can we just at least make them all well, lowercase or Well, all don't forget the, the B is also superscripted. Yeah, it's, oh, it's shush. I don't even do that. No, yeah, see, why do we need to add that level of complication to anyone's life? We don't. It breaks like every CMS when you superscript it. (laughs) Yeah, you You can't. You come up with something that is not their way of doing it on a website, and you just do it that way, and you stick with that. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's stick with Toyota for uh, Brent Barenhausen's question. Uh, Maybe more of a question for the next time you interview a Toyota rep. But how do they think it was acceptable to deliver the BZ4X with uh, DC fast charge speeds as low as they are, at least for what we've seen from early reviews? An otherwise good vehicle with a rather major flaw. And for those that don't recall, the front-wheel drive BZ4X, which has the, um, uh, the, the Panasonic battery, charges at 130 kilowatts. And the all-wheel drive version that uses the CATL battery, and the same is also true for the Toyota Solterra, only charges at 100 kilowatts uh, maximum. Uh, and Brent asks, uh, given their hostility to, towards BEVs, uh, I can't help but wonder if this is intentional to be like, see, hydrogen is so much faster. Meanwhile, <laughs> Hyundai and Kia are blowing them out of the water on this front. I don't know why they I think do it's that. like, well, you know what? I'm not, we're not going to, let's not invest in an 800 volt system, which is, you know, one of the reasons why it's slow. It's a 400 volt system. So if you don't want to do it, you're just going to like, ah, we'll do this thing for now and we'll work on it better one later, I guess. There's a lot of heavy yes. sighing at Toyota when they were doing, when they were building this car. <laughs> they, they, they clearly did this very grudgingly. Yeah. It's hard to come up with a good reason, <laughs> like it's because there isn't but, one. Unless they're just we are so not all in with this plan, everybody. We're not all in. I do We're like yeah. kind of in. I uh, see hydrogen is so much faster. Yeah, if you could find one, I mean everything's yeah, faster. Well, there's that. Yeah. It, it'll take you. It'll take you more time to drive around looking for a hydrogen station than it will to to spend the hour charging a BZ4X at a yeah. TC fast charger. <laughs> well, and you might get to the hydrogen, charge st- the hydrogen station and it might be out of order, which happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think on, I, when I was driving the Mirai, uh, I think on average it's like 20% of the stations were out of order. 
and oh. like six. And considering there's only what forty five, forty six of them. Yeah, uh, and then I guess like a I don't know six eight months before that there was a hydrogen shortage, so like all of them were out of order. Oh yeah. Jesus! <laughs> I just remember doing the driving the Mirai, and they were trying to show us how easy it was to fuel up, and we went to this one charging station. It's all just us journalists. There was one regular just consumer who came to fill up her car and we had a conversation with her like she she lives with one it's her day to day and her biggest frustration was this pump doesn't always work and if there's you know two or three people in line ahead of me that is a long time and the next nearest station is so far that it makes it completely impractical so i just kind of have to like chill right a second up and she's like and then the, the the nozzles get frozen they freeze and you can't release them and as she's telling us this she like we all let her go in front of us. Obviously, we're just on a drive, but she's trying to like go to work or whatever. We're like you fuel up. We're just trying to see how this works. If you don't care, if we all like you know watch, and she couldn't get the nozzle. Like it literally took like five or six minutes of just kind of fussing around with it before it finally decided. Oh, I'm warm enough to remove. And she said, it happens all the time. Because it gets so cold. You yeah. can see frost around. <laughs> yeah, you could. You could literally see like the like a little bit of frost around that. I'm And the thing was that the Toyota guys said, yeah, that's our new. An improved nozzle that doesn't do that anymore. I'm like, no, we were at the one. We did an improved nozzle, and it did it. I was like, so it was like heartbreaking. I'm like, I'm sorry, Mr. Engineer, but no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Final question from uh, Niall Berkery, uh, who uh, works for a company called AI Motive. I know Niall. Although highly unlikely, what are the implications if Tesla is successful with camera-only full autonomy? Well... I mean, the implication is that it still doesn't have a backup system. Yeah. That's the implication. So it's like, hey, this thing works unless like one, and you know, there's only one point of failure. Whereas if you have radar, you have LiDAR, you have cameras, you have ultrasound, if you have all those, then you have multiple points before it fails. This is a single point of failure. So yeah, it might, they might be able to get it to work, but it's also going to be the one that fails the most often. Yeah. No, absolutely right. You, you, need, you need to have... Um, diverse set of sensors, you know, that can function in different conditions because, you know, can a camera system is never going to work in fog. Um, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, you know, radar always works in fog, um, you know, diff- different, under different conditions, you know, different, uh, different lighting conditions, different, uh, weather conditions, you know, some sensors are going to work better than others. And when, when one doesn't work, you want something else as a backup. Redundancy. Redundancy. That's redundancy the game and cars. diversity. Yep. Redundancy yep. and diversity. All right. Uh, I think that's enough for this week. Um, we're still not war criminals, as far as we know. No, uh, but apparently, really kill deer a lot. I guess uh, I don't. Know. I haven't killed any deer. I, I have never killed I just, a deer. I just I'm knocked saying one. Over. There's a lot of dead deer around. Okay, I just fair knocked enough. One, I just enough. knocked I one them. over. I knocked one over and I took it for a little drive. I just knocked yeah. it over and then I took it for a drive to make up for the infraction. So, yeah. okay. We went to- and, and, and the one contact I had with the deer, it was the deer's fault because it ran into me. I did yeah, not hit the deer. deer. Was the deer hit me. The deer was attacking Sam. Yeah. Actually, the truth be told, the deer was attacking Sam. We now know the real story. Yeah. So, actually, I'm the only one person here who's actually hit a deer. <laughs> All right. (laughs) We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.